Step up your game, Scott. I distinctly remember you being very drunk on a couple of G and T's. Hey, come on. Uh, that's actually hilarious. Right, I got to tell you though, uh, I hear that she's a little hardcore. Why does everything have to be so complicated? You can't say you didn't see this coming. What? What did you think these were? Kisses. Seven little kisses. Seven deadly X's. 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 Oh, why does everything? Welcome to Cocktail Cinema. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Price. I am here with the Fozzie Bear. Hey guys, glad to be here today. And as usual, the master of the mix. Yo, 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 Chassis, glad to be here too. Fuck yeah. So you may notice I'm a little more hyped than usual. Part of that is uh, we did dip into this drink a little bit before we recorded. And the other part of this is this is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> we are talking about Scott Pilgrim today. Hell so yeah. That's hilarious. So, in honor of, of Scott Pilgrim. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> in honor of Scott Pilgrim, I came up with a drink. Oh. I call it the Ramona. I'm calling it Knives. Right, I gotta tell you, though, uh, she's a little hardcore. This drink is two full ounces of vodka. Today we're working with Svedka. An ounce of blue curacao, half an ounce of cherry syrup, and you top it off with cranberry ginger ale. This is in a tall glass. Um, there's a lot of booze in this. You can't really taste it. It's uh, it's a it, interesting color here. here. Yeah, it, it reminds me of Ramona's hair color changes. I started with color and I went for flavor later. Oh, flavor later. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. <laughs> Speaking of shirts. <laughs> yeah, speaking of shirts. The drapes match the drapes match the drink. For sure. <laughs> Nothing not wrong with that. Oh, that's good. Cranberry uh ginger. Yeah. It's it's something a little bit different. I mean, um I think we're all aware that I I kinda lean towards, you know, fruity girly drinks. I enjoy them. I like sweeter drinks. That's okay. But this is a good one. That's okay. Why does everything have to be so complicated? <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, this is good. We did bring up a shirt there a minute ago. This is true. Josh so, has a, a pretty sweet new shirt on. Yeah, our, our merch is available, and uh, my shirt just came in this week. It's the first favorite bartender, third favorite author shirt. So on the front, over the where the pocket would be on this Your t-shirt. Your pocket. Yeah, it, uh, it's the PIW, and on the back it's got my... My slogan. Your, your call sign. Yeah. I got this one in black and red. It's pretty sweet. Is there other it's colors you can grab? Yeah, I think there's a couple other colors, sweet. and uh, we can probably add a few as we go along, you know, depending on demand. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, check out our check out our Teespring. We got some cool shit up, and it's, uh, it's starting off. to roll out. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Heck so, yeah. cheers, boys. Salud. Ramona. <laughs> Cheers the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheers the microphone. Oopsie. Cheers the mic. Oh, thanks, producer. Best in the biz. Best in the biz. Hold it down. Yeah, this drink's yeah. Cool. yeah. I uh it it's it's probably a good thing that I'm still bartending because I'm able to play around with some of these flavors while I'm at work. Yeah. Just right. like, hey Simon. Yep. Mixology, I'm a, mixology I'm, Mondays. <laughs> I'm gonna make a drink. I wanna practice a little bit. So, moving on from the drink. Again, we're moving into one of my favorite movies. So, let's do our behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, This movie came out in 2010. The 10-year anniversary for it was actually in August of 2020, earlier this year. Um, It was directed by Edgar Wright, who did uh, Hot Fuzz and uh, Baby Driver. And it's very much in his vein. Um, It's based on a graphic novel by Brian Lee O'Malley. And the, the, the movie rights for this film were uh, obtained after the very first installment came out. I believe it's a seven-book series. Mm, you got that done quick. Yeah. So <laughs> they were able to work from what he had written up through book five. And then book six and seven had not been released by the time they started production. So the comic book writer actually came on as a consultant for uh, the last uh, quarter of the film, of the, of the screenplay. Um. It was kind of a box office bob-omb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> critics loved it. Like, they, they loved 
they they loved the way it was it was done. Like Edgar Wright is is very popular with critics. However, from an eighty five million dollar budget, they only made back forty eight million in box office. Ouch. Um, it has since, and it was almost immediately a cult classic on DVD. Hmm. So what it didn't make at the theaters, it did make back uh, in DVD sales the next year. Um, Not a date movie then. <laughs> well, it was for me, and that didn't work out. <laughs> I. I was dating a girl when this movie came out that uh, dumped me because I would not stop quoting Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I gotta tell geez. you though, uh, she's a little hardcore. <laughs> it was not my finest moment, but I still stand by. <laughs> I still stand. I quote this movie all the time. But anyway, last note before we get into the uh, speed synopsis: uh, the music for this movie was actually written and performed by some people you might recognize: uh, Radiohead, Beck, Metric, and David Campbell. Hmm among others. Uh, Beck specifically wrote the songs for uh, Sex bob that Scott Pilgrim's band. Hmm. Every one of them. All of them. And I was I, a big fan of that. Yeah. The, what was it? The Garbage Truck? Garbage one? Truck. I like that one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> nice um, job, Beck. You should, check, you should check out the soundtrack. It's fantastic. Okay. Because Metric uh, re, they re-recorded the song they did for this movie because they, they let Brie Larson sing it uh, for the movie itself. And then for the mm. soundtrack, they, they put it out. Anyway, so she can sing too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently, apparently, breaking hearts, dating vegans. All right, chicken isn't Get vegan. Myself, situated here. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> so, Scott Pilgrim is a 22-year-old weirdo in a band in Toronto who is dating a high school girl. A high school girl. We'll get into the problems <laughs> with that later. Um, he becomes infatuated with a new girl in town who moved there from. New York, and she is the quintessential uh, manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> and he finds out rather quickly after they start dating that she has seven evil exes that he has to defeat before uh, they can officially start dating. So the majority of this movie is Scott fighting somebody, fighting with Ramona, and then fighting somebody else, and then arguing with Ramona. And by the end of it, He's kind of had a little bit of an arc. He fights uh, Jason Schwartzman as her final ex. And everybody rides off into the sunset. Hmm. I'm, I'm trying really hard not to put in all the details because I want to see the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the general gist of the movie. Scott has to fight for the love of Ramona. The old crazy Ramona. Mm-hmm. Good drink, bud. Thank you. <laughs> It's very purple. It's very purple. We'll start in red, then blue, and then, mm-hmm. you know, just, just well, like it's, Ramona. It's, it, I did that on purpose. <sighs> I do the blue first so that the purple or the red sinks down because she starts with her hair red. as, you know, reddish, and it goes purple. So I did it backwards because you can't make a drink go from purple to blue. So I figured I'd have the transition while you're drinking. Yeah. It goes from one to the next. That's nice. Because she's fickle, she's impulsive, fickle. <laughs> and I'm in love with her. So I got a little bit of uh, some of the characters in this, um, as far as the yes, the um, players. Michael Sarah, the main character, um, Anna Kendrick, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Now, who do those people play? Anna Kendrick plays his sister. His sister, um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, <clears throat> is Ramona. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we have. So I have a uh, Kieran Culkin plays a large part in this movie. It's, yeah, he's uh, the the roommate. Macaulay's uh, brother, his his younger brother. He's He's a funny one in this one. Um, Chris Evans mm-hmm. as, as the hilarious douchebag on a, on a skateboard. Oh, that's actually hilarious. <laughs> I, th- I thought he'd like that one. <laughs> Brie Larson, Allison Pill, Aubrey Plaza, Brandon Routh, Jason Schwartzman, John Simmons, Mark Weber, May Whitman, El- Eileen? Eileen Wong? Ellen. Mm-hmm. Ellen. Oh, yeah. Bill Hader as the narrator, mm-hmm. the voice. Um, and there was oh, a couple. Really? Yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I never, you don't I've never it. caught that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's my boy. And the uh, the vegan police, which I thought was kind of funny, is a uh, um, Thomas Jane. He's you know Punisher, Boogie Nights, all that good stuff. And uh, Clifton Collins Jr. Um, he's been in a ton of roles. Uh, mm-hmm. One eight seven traffic. He did some TV yeah, work yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, Boondock Saints too. There you go. Yeah, there you, there go. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Those are just uh, pretty much the mains. Mm-hmm. But yeah, move, this movie moves pretty quick for the most part. So yeah. you get a. Little shot of everybody. Moves very quick, I would say. It's very well paced. Yeah, and that's that's kind of if we want to dive into the craft of it for a second before yeah. I go fanboy. Edgar <laughs> Wright is is known for his his quick directing. Like he does quick cuts. He has really quick pacing. He does that freestyles, mm-hmm. and he also does like the type 
typography. Yeah. You know, like when the phone rings. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. when ding dong when the doorbell rings. Oh, okay. Yeah, the graphics is that's all definitely the, all the typography style. popping <clears throat> off is like I love that. Yeah, yeah, brings it back to that that the old comic book. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, this movie is 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 based on a comic book that was intended to kind of spoof video game mm-hmm. style. Yeah. yeah, with all the scoring and all yeah. that good stuff, yeah. the coins. One ups and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like they, if you really listen really close, there's a whole bunch of Easter eggs to like the Mario sound mm-hmm. and you know the Sonic rings and shit like yeah. that. It's yeah. like when you figure something out, it's like yeah. you unlock the secret door mm-hmm. and Zelda. They like, touched on a lot of random stuff, like yeah. the the Seinfeld baseline comes in, and then they got <laughs> oh, like a yeah, live yeah. studio audience and all that. Funny <laughs> and he goes into his room and pops out like within a half <laughs> of a second in a different outfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. That happens yeah. a couple times, like. Yeah, like your hair looks messed up, and it's like the hat's <laughs> He's got the hat on. on. Like, Dude, that scene. that guy like, in his <laughs> hair is hilarious. Hilarious. I would, yeah. I'm not much of of a fanboy as Josh is here, but I will say the camera work in this movie is mm-hmm. exceptional. It's yeah. exceptional. The fight scenes are sweet. Mm-hmm. The cinematography is is fantastic, and as far as like the the CGI goes, in in a lot of movies you can kind of tell it's it like that they're looking in a general direction for what's supposed to be there. In this movie, yeah. they got it the closest that I can recall. To like So, like, when Scott, you know, gets that one-up, mm-hmm. when he gets the extra yeah, life, he he's it. actually looking yeah. where it was. So they did a, they were very meticulous about, you know, making sure the actors knew where these graphics were going to go. And, like, the evil Michael Cera when yeah. he has to battle himself, that's, like, that's so <laughs> cool, too. Scott. Yeah. Nigga. Oh, we're actually going to go get brunch next <laughs> he's, really, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> All right. Actually, so let's start there. Okay. Start at the so, end. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so throughout this movie, Scott is an asshole. I think we can kind of agree on that. Yeah. And I don't know. Is it on purpose, or is he just, like, negligent and dumb? Or <laughs> Well, he's, he, he's a dick. And um, this is why I'm starting at the end. <laughs> So Nega Scott is supposed to be the opposite of Scott, and Nega Scott's a nice guy. So <laughs> yeah, that right. means that Scott yeah. was intentionally a terrible person. And in the comics, because there's much more content and there's more time to develop his character, mm-hmm. you see his growth a lot more clearly. However, in you know essentially a two-hour film, they did the best they could to have him transition finally at the end where... In the beginning, he's just aloof and kind of obsessed. Yeah. And then in the middle, he's a dickwad. And at the end, he's kind of realizing that he made some mistakes and you know, he wants to start mm-hmm. over. Well, in that dream Step sequence. Step up your game, Scott. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. But in that dream sequence uh, towards the end, too, it's like it called it out. Like, are you sure Ramon is the one you should be fighting for? Mm-hmm. It's like that self-realization. Like, oh, yeah, I probably should grow a pair and fight for what I want. Scott earned the power of self-respect. <laughs> yeah. So good. Sorry, <laughs> and that's that's yeah. the voice. He pulls the sword out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Money, dude, that's so money. Yeah, that's great. It's this one from uh, all the way up here. <laughs> he does a great job, and like like you said, you don't notice that it's Bill yeah. Hader until you're looking through the cast list. Like I didn't know until Greg was like, "Oh shit, Bill Hader's in this." I've seen this movie forty times. <laughs> right, I didn't right, notice. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, she moves. So. I have I have a sad thing to say. Oh God! Greg doesn't like this movie. Not a huge fan, like I said. But I loved the camera work and the editing. Greg doesn't all. dislike the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he told yeah. me he didn't dislike it. I don't know. Last night he had opinions. Yeah, you know. Well, it, when he sit down and watched, you know, a, 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 another three and a half movie, a three and a half hour movie after this one, it's like your brain's kind of mush. Well, it's the like, funny part no. is like we watched Godfather Part Two right after Scott Pilgrim, right, right, which is like almost a four-hour movie essentially. Yeah, like three twenty-two or something. But, but since Greg's kid was here, when we were trying to get Scott Pilgrim on, that became a four-hour movie yeah, really yeah, quick. For so sure. by the time we finished and stopped by, it was like, all right. Yep. We need to we need to analyze before tomorrow. So we <laughs> yeah, got, I got some questions. So it's grown on me. I guess I was just yeah, a little. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like I said, brain is brain was mush, but right. it, little battle it, fatigue. It is good. It, it's a, it's a solid flick. It it's very visually stimulating mm-hmm. with all the, you know, the Batman pews and pows and all the yeah. the different angles and editing and the split screens and all that kind of stuff. It's a it's a cool flick, you know. Mm-hmm. My drink's blue already. I'm on, I'm on the third hair color already. <laughs> you're on your, you're you on your fourth X. Purple. Your fourth X is on. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it pains me to say this, but you're not alone. Obviously, this movie didn't do well at the box mm-hmm. office. And there, Edgar Wright in general is very polarizing. But this movie specifically, more than just about any of his other movies, 
splits the audience. There's people you either absolutely love this movie or you can't stand it. And there's very few people that fall in the middle. Oh, one of the few. Yeah. One of the few I am. Like it's it's I've I've listened to to like what back when this came out, I've listened to like interviews and 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 uh and reviews and and even people on the same stage were like, "Yeah, this movie was great." And then the next one's like, "No, this movie fucking blew." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it takes a special kind of audience, but for the person that can appreciate it, it is one of the best things in the world. Well, we're all fans of, of film, cinema, movies, mm. you know, the the arts in that aspect. So even though it was not definitely not on your, it's not on my list as the yeah. top favorite, top ten movie or top twenty movie, but I can respect game when I see game. Yeah, and <laughs> like watching this movie with a critical eye, I actually like this movie more. Um, Which is so crazy because we've done stuff in the past that are <laughs> right? like acclaimed films, and you're like, "Yeah, this movie sucks," but this yeah, one- I mean, you want if you want to compare this to like how I felt about The Shining, mm-hmm. I liked The Shining before and going into it, and then after watching it with a critical eye, I had issues. Mm-hmm. And with this movie, I can appreciate it a lot more. Part of that may be nostalgia, and like this was the first like artsy movie that I really got into. Um, like this was a very niche genre film, but watching it today, I'm, I'm looking at all of this, the small stuff that you don't look for otherwise that makes the movie even better. Like every time Scott fights a, uh, fights somebody, another, a different number comes up. So like when he fights evil, evil X number one, after he does that, there's a bunch of, uh, like there's, there's, I think there's a six that shows up on the screen, okay. and then after he fights, I noticed Lucas that there's Lee, on the five, there's like there's a street sign of X's, X's and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah for so sure. So there's five left, and Scott mm. wears the zero shirt because mm, he's okay. Evil X Zero. Ah, ground zero. Yeah. Maybe we should get into that. You want to go over some of the X's? Like, just yeah. run through those guys. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're off the wall, especially the first one. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was so, this? Matthew, Matthew Patel, I think was his name? Matthew Patel. Yeah. With the, with the emo yeah. hair and the... <laughs> What's up with his outfit? Yeah. Is he a pirate? <laughs> pirates are in Pirates are in this year? <laughs> yeah. Is he a pirate? <laughs> are you a pirate? Pirates are in this year? <laughs> oh, yeah, the catches, one-liners in this movie. Catches, so, she, uh, she gives a bunch of cool backdrops to like how they met. You know, A lot mm-hmm. of it was like her being a shitty person, too. Yeah. And like I dated this guy to get the attention of another guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that guy was a... So Matthew Patel, there's there's a very brief uh, like intro to him before he's ever on screen. He sends Scott an email. <laughs> Did you get my email, bro? <laughs> and Scott just like scans it, and he's like, "This is so, so boring." <laughs> he's like, "This is so." And the music builds up. <laughs> boring. <laughs> and Wallace is the only one that paid attention to what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Of so course, Wallace, Wallace knows he's like, the gossip queen, right? Yeah. 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 And he was kind of like the referee too, like uh, a yeah. fight, Scott. Fight. <laughs> so Matthew Patel shows up at the first stage of the Battle of the Bands because a lot of this movie is framed around the Toronto Battle of the Bands, the Toronto International Battle, of hosted, Bands. By, hosted by hosted by the guy named Gideon, yeah, right? the Everything. G-Man. yeah, G-Man. G-Man. So, so Matthew Patel shows up, kind of explains the the whole process to us on screen. Uh, does a dance number with some. Uh, Hipster demon chicks, I yeah. think he calls them. Yeah, something like that. And, and uh, they were totally goth. They weren't hipster dolls. <laughs> they were totally goth <laughs> right. girls. They were doing like the, the Bollywood stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, he's, <laughs> they were dope. I appreciated that they, they took a, a, a character, an Indian character. They cast um, someone who, I, I'm, I haven't looked into his background. I'm assuming he's Indian or Pakistani. So he fits the, the demographic. It was the right casting. And then the character himself is written... To be like Indian American, mm-hmm. so he's got influences from his his parents' culture, but he's still very American. So in his singing style, he's using kind of the um, the Indian tones, mm-hmm. yeah, the- but still very like American <clears throat> fashionista. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> he's an interesting character for sure. Scott Pilgrim, oh my god, moving yeah. his head every time he <laughs> overacting. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be. He's got to be flashy. Yeah. So what was the? Uh, what did she say about him? He like the jocks were after her. Or something. Yeah. Like that. So when when she when she dates Matthew Patel, um, he was the only not white not jock in town. So she dated him, and they beat up all the jocks. And then when the <laughs> jocks were were all gone, she dumped him. Women. She doesn't bait around. She's she says she's leaving. She yeah. left New York to have a new start, and it really came into. It yeah. Really came into. Um, 
just she's very honest about yeah, about who she trying is. trying to change so, herself yeah you know what i mean but and i i think <clears throat> if, if you want to pause there like the the edgar wright has problems writing women but in this movie i think he does an okay job because like Ramona is very clear about her mistakes in her past, and she's also very clear about you know wanting to be better mm-hmm. and how she's going to be yep. better. Yep. And she owns her mistakes, whereas Scott does not. And then you you jump over to Knives, and Knives is probably the person who has the most character growth in the entire movie. She's got the best arc, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, because they were she wasn't even holding hands, and by the right when they when he he's. Juggling two women, she comes up and mm-hmm. gives him a kiss, and there's that oh shit. I feel moment. like she's in the majority of the scenes too. Yeah. She's in a lot yeah, of them, yeah. like probably almost as many as all the band rehearsals and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And, and her her character, she the, starts out as this fawning seventeen year old, mm-hmm. and by the end of it, she's a strong, independent woman yeah. who can let go of Scott. Well, she, but, but, but she's she, a real hero. She can right, but she mm-hmm. also right before that helps Scott to mm-hmm. defeat uh, Schwarzman, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, so after, like after it's, it's almost it's almost them too. Yeah, it's so like yeah. yeah, she definitely grows. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then they, during that sequence, they uh, also say like player two added or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. So they, they went to the same team instead yeah. of like him trying to. Yeah, they call back to them at the at the, at the ar- arcade, arcade doing DDR yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Greg laughs so hard that it was like they look at it in each other's eyes for the first time. We think they're gonna kiss, and it's like the countdown. For yeah, like, put your, more coins game in. over. And he like, <laughs> it's like hey, he just would like, you like to continue? <laughs> yeah. He's like, go go put a couple quarters in there <laughs> yeah. for me. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and she's the high schooler. Well, and that's, yeah, that's he's also, got no job, and he lives in like a random ass like dugout, like right. storm shelter. Or something. <laughs> so you want to see where I grew up? It's like across the street. He's moved in with. I don't even. What's it's just his friend? Macaulay Wallace, Culkin's yeah. brother. Yeah, what's, what's just his a friend. Name? Wallace. Wallace. Yeah. Wallace. I that thought, guy is hilarious. I, I don't think I've seen this movie. I was telling you, Josh. I don't think I've seen it since the first time I saw it. And. Mm-hmm. Like 2011, probably when it yeah. was like on HBO or on DVD or whatever for the first time. But like, I thought it was Macaulay Culkin up until watching <laughs> it yesterday. Yeah. Like, I was just, I saw like, oh, I haven't seen him since Home Alone, like in 2010. I was like, and it's funny, I found out today that Kieran Culkin was also in Home Alone. Oh, no, yeah. He was the bedwetter. Yeah. Uh, Fuller. Fuller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Fuller. <laughs> yep. No, but this- he's, his character's funny too. He's a, uh, He's very gay male, very openly mm-hmm. gay male, and very promiscuous, and yeah. you know, <laughs> goes after uh, uh, Scott's sister's boyfriend, mm-hmm. and he knows it. Anna right Kendrick's away. boyfriend. And I'm so, yeah, yeah, Anna Kendrick. And yeah, so I, I just got to say, Aubrey Plaza and Anna Kendrick's 10 years ago yeah. were like my two hottest, hottest yeah. girls in the world. You know? Like what? Parks and Recs, and mm-hmm. um, what was Anna Kendrick's name? Uh, I mean, I don't think she had done uh, that singing movie yet. Um, There's a few. But she's been around. Yeah. yeah, she was. She was an up and comer at that point. Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head, but she'd done by then. Yeah, they're super, they're super, super dope. They're super dope. Super dope. So the second X was that. Uh, That's Lucas Lee. Lucas Lee, the skateboarder, the skateboarder gone actor. Yeah, going, going for the Oscar. I'm more than all right. <laughs> and then in this cast of. Uh, <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> it's funny because it's like this is almost like forty five minutes into this movie. And he's right. just like facing the second one. We were like, how many more actually? <laughs> Seriously, I guess they doubled up on him one or two, and then yeah, they double up on the the brothers, mm-hmm. the DJ brothers. Yeah, and you, they never even have that was lines. cool scene, like having like the the music kind of battle, like the dragons mm-hmm. and his whatever it is, is the giant it's ape. like a yeti. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was kind of a cool one. And then before they get into her her sexy time, <laughs> you, you did sexy time. You had a sexy face, <laughs> which is her. Uh, what is May Whitman? May Whitman, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So it's it's funny that you can't remember May Whitman because she was on Arrested Development, and the whole gag for her character was people couldn't remember her. That's funny. <laughs> like there's just like her. <laughs> Who's that? Who's that girl? So yeah, so, so we, when we say sexy time, we mean a uh, little lesbian playtime. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they go after it and they're fighting and he, she's whooping his ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to fight a girl. Yeah, I guess that helps. Or he doesn't want to lose to one. Oh. <laughs> Are we getting into fan theories? <laughs> <laughs> I'll save that. <laughs> but what, her her sweet spot, her her only weakness is yeah. So the her, knee spot. Yeah, her <laughs> knee spot. Her weak spot is behind her knee. Now that is a callback to the comic book in a strange way because. Okay. Um, that was not originally her weakness, but it's Envy's. Like, that's how Envy would orgasm. So gotcha, gotcha. He would, he would touch her on the back of the knee, and she would go. So that was more his move. Right. Right. Gotcha. Right. Nice. So they were able to slide it in there without 
adding too much to the slide it in there slide it right to the back of the game <laughs> right to the back of the game well, she essentially uh, dies from orgasm yeah. 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 yeah she orgasms to death man that's a way to go out yeah <laughs> I mean it's the way to go, go out, out on top for sure yeah, that's actually hilarious <laughs> so yeah. so that's the second one oh, that was like the that's, third she's she number back four again. she's number four cause uh Let's see. It go. It goes. Matthew Patel, Lucas Lee, and then Brandon Root's character, Todd. Oh, so Todd is the bass the player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, vegan. Yeah. That was my yeah, favorite yeah. one. He's got the vegan powers, essentially because he's better than everyone else. <laughs> Chicken isn't vegan. Chicken isn't vegan. <laughs> oh, so that, that's so great. Yeah, Todd. Todd's a fun one. Um, they had to play around with some of the visuals because in the comic book, it's it's he has rings that he can shoot. So in the movie, they had to find a way to do that. And essentially, they they were able to keep the rings um, and add a sound effect and, and use them as uh, like a telekinetic power mm-hmm. rather than a, a, a blast mm-hmm. like they were in the comic. It was, uh, from what I was reading, it was kind of a, a difficult thing for them to work around because, granted, 2010's CGI was good, but it wasn't quite good enough to pull that straight from the page and make it work. Well, they have a base battle, too, which would yeah. just be awkward. Like, yeah, right. Oh, dude, he's got like 10 rings on. He's just spreading. <laughs> like, it's hard to sell. This guy's like in a nationally touring band. Mike yeah. Sarah just goes in there, gets his ass whooped, picks up a base, like, I'm going to get this guy, and just starts like droning on one note. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's playing the backup for, for like the, the, the part two for yeah. like the gym. The so time. Brandon Ruth played a lot of those bass those bass okay. scenes okay like he uh i think mike sarah is a bass player too yeah isn't he, he? Like, he, i think he's playing most he, of he plays bass guitar ukulele gotcha. he's, he's he's your average college hipster mm-hmm. at that yeah. point well yeah you guess you see him in some of his mm-hmm. other films like juno and stuff mm-hmm. cool yeah oh, juno mm-hmm. yeah the, the the level to which they allowed um the actors to to be involved in the musical side of things is pretty cool it gives it a level of authenticity they gave in a movie the, that's not realistic. They gave the actors a bunch of leeway on the music, but also had like back Radiohead mm-hmm. and others kind of yeah. sculpting the actual soundtrack, which is dope all around. Heck yeah. As a musician, it's just dope. Yeah. Base, it's an awesome idea. The bass vegan who gets killed by the vegan police because he what he ate half and half. He drank half and half or so something. He could, he well, because he, he can always read minds. Yeah, yeah. He can yeah. read minds too. So right? half and yeah. half was, they read back his tickets, right? They're yeah. like, what, what are the offenses? So one was... The first one is, you willingly just a gelato. <laughs> That's <laughs> vegan? Milk, Milk and eggs, eggs bitch. <laughs> and then the second was... It's like chicken parm. <laughs> chicken parm. Chicken isn't vegan? <laughs> yep, bye-bye. So they, and then they vegan drank blast him. And that's the uh, the Punisher doing all that work. Yeah, so the Punisher and and uh, Romeo from Boondock Saints engage de-veganizing Ray. And it's a laser that comes out of their finger. It's like, yes! Because there's no way Scott was fucking with that guy. Okay, so while Scott is still having his final conversation with Todd... Those two are leaving the scene, and they're like, they're like, yeah, yeah and they high, high five. five. <laughs> Got another one off the list. Just like as they go back to the portal. Yeah. yeah, the background stuff in this movie is the best. Yeah, like they paid attention to what they made it worth watching multiple times because you'll you can only watch one of these things at a time. So you're watching Scott the first time, and then you watch the vegans in the, in the next one, and then there's other, I forget what There's effects on top. There's, there's a other shit going on the right. Yeah. It's like you don't, yeah, your brain like can't pick mm-hmm. up everything at the same time. Yep. It, not, it, it's, not, it's like a treasure box. It's just, yeah. it's just <laughs> right. so much more. Not yeah. only that, Mike Sarah's one-liners are... It's like his, fucking his, hilarious. His little like, quirky, like, I don't know, I gotta pee. <laughs> you know I have to pee on her. I have to pee on her. <laughs> he just leaves. Like, he, put, he, he puts himself in the most awkward situations, and he's yeah. so good at being that awkward character that it's just end, it's like, money. I think I'm in lesbian with you. <laughs> I said lesbian. I said, I said yeah. lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> well, and after after Gideon slam dunks on him, yeah. he comes up with that. I said lesbian. He remembers. He's not, yeah, yeah, he's not worried about you know Ramona's been captured. He's like, oh shit. I'm he's like, I'm, I'm that awkward. <laughs> <laughs> he, thought, he thought it was him. Nope, she's chipped. Yeah. And so <laughs> another fun fun moment for me was um, I was a big Phantom Planet fan. Yeah, Phantom Planet. Phantom Planet. Okay. Yeah, Jason Schwartzman was uh, their original drummer. Okay, California. What? I never yeah. knew that. Really? Yeah. He's not. Okay. That's him. That's wow, a look dude. at how he's, he's grown. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you if you go back and watch the music video for that song, he's he, so young. Yeah. So I, I young. did not know that. That's insane to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
And now so he I, owns. I, I geeked out when I saw him in this movie the first time. I'm like, that's the guy. That's the guy. He's the California guy. It's G Man. G Man. Yeah. It's the twins. The twins. Which there, there's a DJ battle, a DJ versus bass battle essentially. So there's two bass battles in this movie. Yeah. Um, they have like no lines. Yeah, and yeah. they they double up on them. The dragon versus Yeti thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's with the band though, right? Isn't that what the, the band, band? The band gets blown back. Okay, and he gets back. And it's up. mostly like Scott. Who's and then able to and stand then up. they bring the dragons back up, mm-hmm. and, he, and when he hits his fucking distortion paddle, yeah, yeah. the Yeti goes. Then ham. the Yeti goes. Yeah, goes and crazy. Then I think the rest of yeah, that's Mao's those dragons. The I mean, we keep saying it, but the visuals in this movie are yeah. fucking amazing. Because yep, yep. I'm noticing if if you try to explain this movie to somebody, yeah. it sounds like an, a horrific mess. <laughs> but when you watch it, you're like, oh shit, all of this goes together. So we're sitting here talking about vegan powers, <laughs> base battles, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> DJ formed dragons, lesbian. Knee Swords spots. coming out of people's chests, yeah. you know, and Fuller and Malone, <laughs> skateboard. It doesn't sound like it goes together. Beats him from right. a giant grind. But it's like you said, all these things that you can't like pick up at the same time when you try to regurgitate the movie to somebody. It's like right. you're throwing all these badass aspects of the movie, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, if I were to sit back and and try and explain this movie to somebody or try and get them to watch it, I'd be like, look. Chris Evans plays a skateboard actor, and he fights Michael Sarah. Go watch this movie. That's yeah. all I'd be able yeah, to yeah. tell them. And he does a 200-mile-an-hour grind. It's a thingy? A, a thingy? thingy? Yeah. On the rail? You mean a grind? <laughs> grind like bro. 200 stairs. Yeah, grind thingy. These rails are garbage. <laughs> These rails are garbage. Uh, unless you don't. It's unless like you're snow. scared. <laughs> There's girls watching. There's girls here. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's all right. party. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> I'm gonna get a coffee. You guys want anything? <laughs> right. Why well, so stunt good. doubles? <laughs> well, the, stunt, well, the stunt doubles are, are beating the shit out of Michael Sarah. My stunt team. <laughs> I, I don't even need samples right <laughs> now. Josh's <laughs> impressions are so good. Yeah, I'm just gonna let that run. That's money. <laughs> so, Josh. Yes. Oh, I meant whatever his name is. <laughs> Number two. Oh. So, would you go? Are you going remote team Ramona or team Knives? This is a really difficult. Question for me. Knives are there. Knives is a minor, so you have to say Ramona. <laughs> right. that's, the, that's the correct answer. Well, let's just fast, fast forward. Scott was 22. We're yeah, much older than that. Knives. Well, he saw it was, t- he saw it 10 years it ago. Was problematic when she was tw- when he was 22 too. But yeah. Like Greg said, I was granted. I was I was 19 when I saw this movie. Right on. So <laughs> I'm close enough that it's problematic. But understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm almost thirty now. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like overall, and if you were put in that situation with say knives wasn't seventeen, she right. was twenty two, like Ramona. <coughs> then I, it, it's it's difficult. Just like, say modern day. Yeah, yeah. Modern modern day. Day. Yeah. just say about right now. When they're both thirty, <laughs> I I I love them both for different reasons. So like, you're supposed to be massively attracted to Ramona. Like that is the whole point of the manic pixie dream girl when it comes to storytelling that character you're not supposed to wind up with her which is part of the problem with the end of the movie but that character is supposed to force you to grow because it pulls all the worst things out of you because you're trying to possess this person who doesn't fit in a mold you can't it's like trying to grab water that's what that character is supposed to do but it's impossible not to love that character because everything about them is like you're enamored with it. And Knives, because Knives has that phenomenal arc, like I love, I Knives is difficult for me in the beginning, and at the end of the film, you, you I have fallen in love with her. Like she's a she's a wonderful character, and she's strong. She's strong in a different way. She's strong enough, and she's she's learned enough about herself that she doesn't need to dye her hair to look like somebody else. She doesn't need to have Scott to be her own person. She did dye her hair. She did, but but by the end of it, she didn't need. No, it. I know. Right. I get what you're saying. In the beginning, she even says, "I didn't even know cool music existed <laughs> until like two months ago." ago. <laughs> like, so what you're saying is, why pick one? I'll take two. Both. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think I'm in any position to get either of them, so it doesn't matter. What do they I'm say? I'm a fat single dad. Like, I'm off the table. 
I was You'd like, be surprised. Any ladies out there want to get a meet and greet with Josh, just hit our Patreon line. I like how like <laughs> I'll quote Scott Pilgrim to you for <laughs> yeah, three hours. Fangirl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Josh Steverson. <laughs> no, I was going to say it's funny like how pure Scott Pilgrim is Like when he gets his second life and he goes mm-hmm. back and he gets his right before he gets his self-respect. He's like, I cheated on you. Mm-hmm. I cheated on you too. And yeah. like at that point, he like almost held hands with one and like got to second base with the other. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. It's like it's like oh, I thought that too because she changes her mind. What was this? What was the rating on this movie? PG thirteen. Okay, maybe maybe because that she shut down that sex scene like right when it's about to happen. Like no, I changed my mind. Yeah, well that's that's I'm pretty sure that's in the comics too. Okay, like and that's one of the one of the reasons. Well, not one of the reasons. That's one of the things that makes her that character that that manic pixie dream girl is she. Those they maintain their individuality and their their personal agency. I love that scene where she's where she goes. You know, I don't want to have sex with you. I'm gonna leave it on the table as a possibility if I change my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll change my, if I change my mind. It's later so too. empowering. Right. And like, he's girls, all like, yes. be like that. It's been so long since I've done this, so we can cuddle. <laughs> so it's so wholesome. It, it is. They keep it a little wholesome for the PG thirteen. Yeah, I get it. And yeah. you know, Scott's Scott's whole arc really happens. When he gets to the chaos theater at the end, the the second time, um, after he gets his life back, like Shasti's saying, and he's apologizing to people, he starts with the band. He apologizes to the band. He's like, "Look, guys, you're better without me. You sound great, young Neil. <laughs> you're not. You will Neil. now be known as Neil." <laughs> yeah. And then he goes to Kim, and he's like, "Look, I'm sorry for everything. I'm sorry for me." In the comics, that's fleshed out a little bit more, where it's like he apologizes specifically for what he did to work. And you realize that like his memory is is faulty, and he he realizes he was a terrible person. They didn't have the time to do that, so taking the time for for him to apologize to Kim directly is enough for me to be like, all right, you guys did your due diligence. Mm-hmm. You with made how him a quick person. and flashy all the fight scenes are and all the action is, it's like mm-hmm. they make it a point, even though it's like I didn't realize how quick it is because I don't have the context like mm-hmm. of knowing that the comic book was a drawn out thing with individual mm-hmm. you know points but it's like they made it a point even through that that quick exchange mm-hmm. that it was like Kim yeah like music stopped yeah yeah and she's like a little smirk mm-hmm. and she's immediately and, on board and it carries yeah. on and it, you know what I mean it still kind of had the same effect mm-hmm. to me not even knowing like about well, the comic it, book it, it shows in a real world sense like just owning your mistakes is oftentimes enough for your friends mm-hmm. like if you're sh- if I'm shitty to Greg and I I go hey man I was shitty to you Greg is back on my team yeah take right. so like Kim as soon as as soon as uh, Scott goes to fight Gideon Kim is like we are sex bomb and we're here to watch Scott Pilgrim kick your teeth yeah. in yeah we're back on board that baby. woman was scorned yeah. <laughs> yeah scorched earth baby so if you want if if you'll allow me to dive into the comics a little bit more um so they take the time to address that Scott. Scott thinks very highly of himself and he's 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 known as like the best fighter in Toronto and so he's kind of he's kind of a, an arrogant prick. So is he like swole in the comics? No, he's he's thin and tall, okay. but he's he's like super good looking and he's a super good fighter. That's why like he's he's had all these these girlfriends and in his memory, he was always the one that was dumped. But yeah. as the series goes on, they all have flashbacks where Scott remembers that he dumped that person for a selfish reason. Like he dumped Kim because uh, she, she was she had freckles and he got bored, mm-hmm. and he dumped uh, some other girl um, uh, because he just he he's found somebody else or he started dating Natalie or Envy. Oh yeah, um, okay. Envy is the only person that's ever broken up with him, and like the movie makes it seem like that fucked him up. Scott was fucked up before that. He he just had his pride hurt when Envy left to go start that band. Do they get into Envy at all during during the comics at all? As far as like her old name was like Nat, I think Natalie. Yeah, a little bit, a little okay. bit. Like there's there's a, a flashback. <clears throat> um, I want to say it's almost an entire book long that details their relationship okay. and the the big sadness as they call it in the movie. Okay, um, and it 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 shows that Scott kind of got what was coming to him mm-hmm. because he was dating someone that was so much like him. And you would think he would have learned his lesson then, but it took, unfortunately, hurting knives and, and hurting Ramona to, to get the message. Part of that is that that highway that's in his dreams, that's a bigger part of the story. So like there's a lot of self-reflection when he when he dreams and like Ramona will come through and they'll have conversations. He has a much better arc, and I I almost wish this could be remade as a TV show, so we could flesh out those more relevant elements. 
Do, Hello. Yeah, do, go ahead. Yeah, does the door like that you see a couple times mm-hmm. in the movie does that play a bigger role in the comic books? It's about the same. Okay. Um like kind of beginning and end. Yeah, it just kind of shows up when it's necessary. Okay. Um I want to say that one of those doors leads to his uh interstellar or interspace pathway. Um but yeah, they they just kind of show up here and there. It seemed like a couple of them got intertwined um, as far as like dream state of that mm-hmm. quote unquote manic pixie dream girl kind of thing. Um, like when he asks for her number in the yeah. street, she slides up right away, and then yeah. as she's as she's leaving, the snow is melting as she's mm-hmm. rollerblading off. You know, you know, just well, that's, wasn't yeah. really wasn't she's quite reality. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't quite reality, but wasn't quite dream. I don't know if that yeah, was. Like, yeah, they yeah. don't. They don't explicitly say it in the movie but it's made clear in the comics that basically everyone has a superpower like scott's a super good fighter yeah. and ramona uh can like access people's dreams and uh, uh gideon has mind control powers aubrey plaza i didn't yeah. think about this yeah said it, but she she edits out her swear words it's yeah. like how are you doing oh, that that's like, her super like that's in the comics. <laughs> and she works yeah. like uh, a million jobs. Yeah, she's what? Is that true? Everywhere. Yeah. All right. Well, there's, yeah, nice. there's my fan theory for the night <laughs> I'm done. That's, I'm that's off in the, the comics. Because <laughs> right. right. like, nice. that, that conversation is lifted directly from the that's page. That's dope. Yeah. And like, they even do the black box. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I love it's it. It's great. I love it's it. It's great. Yeah, I guess the more we're talking about it, it's definitely I, layered. I kind of want to... This is the first one. Like, I kind of want to watch again, right? After we're done reviewing it, I kind of want to you know put it aside for a couple months or whatever. This is one I kind of... I might squeeze in... It's week. a great yeah. flick, mm. and it 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 kind of demands multiple watches. I, I alluded to this a little bit, but it's not just that you there's stuff going on in the background. It's that Edgar Wright has a bit of a shock value to his to his filmmaking, and not in the like, oh my god, this is crazy, but like so much is going on and so much is attacking your eyeballs that once you get the general story the first watch through, you have to go back and watch it again and be like, all right, so what was really going on? Yeah. What were these conversations yeah, about? For sure, and it, like he was the perfect director for this movie. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't think of anybody that could well, have. I'm done glad it you brought up the the uh, graphic novel and stuff because I, I thought that was something. I, obviously, the movie moved so fast, mm-hmm. but there was really no backstory, and they kind of just kind of teased yeah. what was happening on through the, through everybody. So I think if if you were into that series, mm-hmm. it would make a lot more sense for you to, to watch it now without being such like mm-hmm. a more, more visually stimulating, but also kind of in your mind. Yeah. But no, that's... Yeah. I mean, you cleared up some things just by talking <laughs> about the comics, so heck yeah. Now, the, the comic does divert a little bit naturally. Yeah. Like, your your source material is going to be a little different from your, from your film, but... For the most part, because they were kind of developed simultaneously, they followed generally the same story. It's just there's more backstory, which is something the movie couldn't afford. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say like a like a Netflix short short series or, you know, if somebody wanted to pick it up for a limited run like Amazon's been doing, they could do, you know, seven or 14 episodes and cover each book individually and really flesh out what's going on. Yeah, I think that's the only way this could be done better. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it, dude. I don't know what else is there to get to. I mean, uh... there's there's not a whole lot. I mean, it's I came into this knowing knowing I was going to have to champion the project because I was I was really curious about what it was that you didn't like, and from what you've said, it sounds like it was just it was that that Edgar Wright assault. Maybe. So if you watched it back again, you may like it more. Yeah, I mean, because I remember seeing it for the first time, and I think it was just kind of splotchy. I kind of picked it up here and there, and I really mm-hmm. liked, like I talked about before, the the fight scene and stuff. But just that, I guess I wasn't in the mood for like the <laughs> the quirky, yeah. like stupid Michael Sarah, which I totally mm-hmm. like his acting style, you know. Yeah. But just this movie was just like this is fucking dumb, kind of. Thing, it, it is, and I th- I think that's intentional because the your your I. Your and this is an offshoot. I'm sorry, yeah, to Go cut ahead. you up one the one yeah. thing, but this is a lot different than most of the movies we've been covering. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean I don't really I never really saw this as like, oh, we're gonna really get into Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> really? This is but what we're gonna do? But there's a lot to get into. Yeah, like, no, no, it, t- for it took sure. me like halfway through the review to realize how much I like the movie now, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. I guess I, I saw it on the on the schedule and I was like, yeah, yeah. really? This doesn't seem to fit, but hey. I don't even know what's what's happening. <laughs> what's going on in the street? <laughs> it's oh. still it's still one of those that's like an instant cult classic, yeah. though. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it kind yeah. of falls in line with the majority of what we like to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I I I knew I was going to enjoy this review. Like I 
I love this movie so much. No, I, I enjoyed this review a lot. I think getting back to getting back to Scott, like Scott is your avatar in this movie. Like I should probably point out the avatar in, in more films. Scott is very clearly the person we're supposed to identify with. And when you're like as a young man in, in the States here, like in Western culture, when you when you are that age, when you're 22, you're like, yeah, Scott's awesome. He he didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure, he he was dating two people at once, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, minor fuck up. Mm-hmm. As you get older, like sitting here at 29, it's like yeah. Scott Pilgrim is a fucking asshole until the very end of this mm-hmm. movie. Well, you kind of alluded to that before too, talking about how he's kind of had he is like worse than Darth Vader mm-hmm. as far as that kind of. Yeah. Darkness looming yeah. kind of thing, and you also said uh, something about knives. Which she was she was the true hero of. Yeah, this knives movie. is the hero in my yeah. opinion, because she's she's the, she's the one so that far. has the yeah she yeah. has the most progress, and she becomes a real person. Um, it, it, I mean, I would honestly be cool with a, a knives spinoff. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah if Edgar Wright, friend of, friend of the pod, and then wouldn't it, wouldn't it be funny if like she, somebody had to fight Scott Pilgrim's like right. Nega or something? Yeah. Like that. <laughs> she starts dating Nega Scott. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that would that would be really cool. No, um, I mean, I I came into this like I, I, because I've seen this movie so many times. I didn't really take any notes, but I knew I knew what I wanted to talk about, and. I think this movie might be more relevant today than it was 10 years ago because we are having kind of a, a social awakening and a cultural awakening towards toxic masculinity and toxic masculinity doesn't just refer to, you know, the idea of the manly man. It refers to how men interact with culture and women in general um, or women specifically. Maybe vice versa too. How yeah. Women interact, interact. I mean, He's got, they, they they say he's got no job. Mm-hmm. He's, you know he lives with what what yeah. seems to be like no payment. You mm-hmm. know just like I can, you can crash because these guys like I'm gonna kick you out like right. this week tonight for the yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because just because he wants to he wants have his some own dude life. time. Yeah. Well, Wallace <laughs> wants his own life, and Scott is not doing anything to improve his situation, but he is constantly complaining about the situation mm-hmm. that he's in. Yep. So he's not taking any agency over his own life. And and they're homies. It, Wallace is a homie. Yeah, so Wallace is great. I think it's hilarious like the setup though like they sleep in the same bed and he's <laughs> like do. so gay and he's always bringing up new new partners and stuff yeah. like that even like twos and threes like there's four people yeah. in this bed and they're all just like you had a dream about a girl? Can we call him a guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like and it's 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 it that that's actually a perfect a perfect segue here because like Scott probably thinks of himself as a very progressive person. He's like, I live with a gay guy. Mm. I see gay people all the time. Mm. Like I, I sleep I'm, with. I'm them. as woke as possible. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but he treats women like dirt. Yeah. And you know, it, when you come back to this movie and you you start to see the flaws, you're like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of did some of this stuff. Or you I can't thought say you didn't this see way. this coming. <laughs> exactly. And everybody needs a Wallace in their life. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I could go on forever, so this is probably a good place to call it. All right, all right. We want to do some pluggables? Pluggables. Well, let's not forget our, our Patreons. Yes, yes. So, uh, before pluggables, we'd like to shout out our patrons. Uh, today, we, we added a, or we had a, we had a new patron uh, join us. Big Z, we see you, we hear you. Thank we're, you, Big Z. We're thank grateful you, thank absolutely you, thank you, for, thank you. for the join. Um, Hopefully we'll keep putting out stuff you like. Yeah, man. Yeah. Let us know if there if you have any input too. Yeah, reach out. Like all of all of you guys. Like you know, uh, Chelsea, Violet, Forrest, Steph. Feel free to reach out on the Patreon Thanks, and talk guys. to us. Thanks like a lot. we really? we would love to hear from you and, and and talk about you know the stuff you hear on the pod, what you'd like to hear, mm-hmm. what we can improve on, yeah. any anything really. We're we we like to chat. If yeah. You haven't, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> we like to talk. <laughs> So, for those of you who have not joined the Patreon, we have a Patreon. <laughs> if you go to patreon.com and just look up The Price is Right, that's W-R-I-T-E, you will find us. There, uh, as a patron, you'll be uh, privy to some exclusive episodes. You'll get early access to episodes. We post a little bit here and there. We try to interact with the with the, uh, with the audience more. Um, and then coming down the pike, you know, you'll you'll have first dibs on some of these new projects. Yeah, and when we go live too with video, you guys will get the behind the scenes, the full stream, mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, and products. Now yeah. we have yeah. now we got some merch coming out too. So. Products and services. I know, yeah. I know. You guys are in for a treat. I think. <laughs> Keep it up. 
So, mm. one more thing before personal plugs. We do have a Teespring store as well. So if you go to teespring.com and look up the prices right, again, W-R-I-T-E, you can find some cool merch. We have a Master of the Mix design. We have a first favorite bartender, third favorite author. Oh, Josh has got that shirt on. Yeah, I'm wearing that shirt right now. <laughs> we have uh, the Cocktail Cinema logo. Uh, you can get mugs, stickers, T-shirts, leggings. Those leggings were so much fun to design. Yeah, right. I like the, I like the Master of the Mix design too yeah. a lot, for sure. It's and, dope. and we've we've definitely got some cool stuff coming. Don't forget down about the, line. the the bass is the bacon of music. Bass is the bacon of That's music. That's a, a ex- <laughs> deleted, <laughs> deleted. Thank God, deleted segment we did. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back. You to never it. know if that pops we'll, up. In too the many, future, too know. many we'll, oingo boingos. I had. <laughs> yeah, for for our, for our our patrons, we'll probably do a a, a short background for that joke. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Can't wait. But yeah, so too many Ramonas for me that night. Yeah, hit up the Teespring. <laughs> hit up the Patreon. Absolutely. And, and you know if, if uh, I know t- times are tough right now the world's kind of in a strange place if you can't support us financially please go to uh, wherever you listen to your your podcast like subscribe rate comment every interaction is is helpful and it helps us be more visible to you yeah. know, new listeners more than you really know so thanks that are, thanks to those that are doing it and thanks yeah. to those that will absolutely so you can find me on Twitter at the price is right 312 that's r i g h t you can find me on Instagram at the Forgetful Writer three one two. Um, Fozzie Bear, dude, the book. Oh, yeah, you're definitely yeah. forgetting the book again. I'm forgetting the <laughs> book. You always forget the book. the book. He'll get it. He'll I remember these it. days. One of these days, the New Year's comment that's going to be on your <laughs> on your list. I wrote a book. Uh, it was a it or it was it is a young adult fantasy novel called Reaper. It is the first in a series called The Gatekeepers. You can find it on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, anywhere online. You buy your books in hardcover, paperback, and ebook. Next year, we're looking to do an audiobook as well. Heck yeah. Pumped. Pumped. Who's next? Fozzie, go, go, go. <laughs> You're a lovable, huggable Fozzie. Yes, yes. So you can find me at the Fozcaster on Twitter. Talk to me, people. Talk to me. You guys can find me on this podcast every week. Keep coming back. We love you. <laughs> Say goodbye. What can I at you? Is there anywhere you don't work? They're called jobs. Something a ball like you wouldn't know anything about. And by the way, I can't believe you asked Ramona after I specifically told you not to do that. How are you?